Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 55. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my co-host extraordinaire, the Canardian, Mark Carabin. How are you doing, Mark? I'm good. I am super excited, as always, to talk about video games with my good buddy, Todd. And uh, you know, it, I don't know why. Like it, it felt today I was like that, that it had been a while since we recorded or something. So I'm, I'm like... Yeah, my, my wife asked me which show it was, and I was like, it's finally co-op mode. And, and she, was just, she was like, that was like two weeks ago. You do a show every week. And I, I don't know. I just so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah, to go. And, and Mark, I believe you are now doing code or sorry, that code Holocron Chronicles every other week and co-op yeah. mode every other week. Exactly. Yeah. So I have a, a weekly podcast uh, schedule and I, I just alternate between between you and Charlie and get my secret friends fixed. And we're, yeah, we, we're super excited to bring Holocron Chronicles uh, bi-weekly. Same as this show. And it fits into my schedule, one podcast a week, along with, uh, you know, everything else with uh, with Finn and and uh, and work and everything. So it's, uh, it's, it's good. I've, I've settled into a pretty good schedule here. Excellent. Well, you know what is also excellent? When we have a guest. Yeah. Co-op couch. And we have an awesome one this week because we're going to get the inside uh, view on the world of streaming games. And that is with Mr. Avery Krause from Woo. Stadia Source Podcast. Welcome, Avery. Hello, hello. So so good to be on the couch. It's a nice, comfy couch, I got to say. The co-op couch. Um, I wouldn't have picked these throw pillows, but, you know, uh, exciting to be here anyways. I vacuumed it out and I made sure I Febreze it after my sunset on it. Teenagers stink. <laughs> Well, I'm uh, so glad to uh, so glad you, you you invited me on and uh, excited to talk uh, all kinds of video games uh, in addition to Stadia. I only ever get to talk about Stadia on my channel, so I'm I'm excited to talk about uh, just about anything today. Awesome! So you're new, and you know to really make you official, you have to tell people about how you became the geek you are, either in video games, things you like that are nerdy. Tell us all about it. Well, uh, I grew up a poor child in the backwoods of Tennessee, uh, which is highly true because I did. And uh, I, I came from a NASCAR and WWE household. Uh, and so that I turned out the nerd I am, the Broadway musical loving, D&D playing, uh, streaming <laughs> technology nerd that I did. Is, wow, you, uh, you really fit the stereotype, don't you? Yeah, I, you know, Southern boys will survive uh, on on Wicked, apparently. So, yeah, I uh, I grew up I grew up in the uh, I'm a child of the 80s. I grew up in the NES SNES era, uh, cut my teeth on the RPGs of yore. My favorite game of all time to this date remains Secret of Evermore for the Ooh. SNES a, a role-playing game that very few people played, hence the reason there was never a sequel to it, uh, but that remains uh, probably, I don't know if it's my top one, but probably top five, uh, <laughs> but uh, played every last uh, numerical and non-numerical installment of the Final Fantasy series, huge RPG guy, uh, but also I will play practically any video game that gets in front of me other than not a big sports and racing person, but puzzles, adventures, actions, shooters, whatever uh but rpgs being kind of my favorite and of course you know i had my my high school uh, D D group uh i i joined the choir i joined the drama club i was i was big brother in our production of 1984 how relevant 
<laughs> and uh, so yeah, I, my the nerd the nerd runs runs deep in me. Uh, and uh, even unto today, an entire bookshelf in my house is nothing but board games. And uh, b- behind me on the shelf are a- an entire stack of Stadia controllers. So uh, I am uh, I am very very much uh, reveling in the in the nerdissance that we are all enjoying right now. <laughs> uh, I'm very happy that it exists. And of course, you know I. The other aspect to my nerdery, we specifically took time out of our honeymoon, my wife and I did, in 2019, because our honeymoon was a cruise, and when it docked was the release of Endgame. So <laughs> yes. we we got off the boat and immediately went to a movie theater. Uh, so that is that that's that's my, my nerdery there. And Excellent. instantly, Charlie wants to have you on Secret oh, Friends Unite. Oh, my I'm sure The second yes. this gets out. Yes, you've earned uh, your nerd cred, and, just, and you've earned yeah. a pass on to Secret Friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one more week, we're going to have to skip the uh, segment of Mark Carabin's Go Sports, because no one plays sports games here. Um, I tried. I, I played. We'll <laughs> say. I'm a big fan. My, my, I'm a big fan of those modern uh, football games, you know, like Tecmo Bowl. Yes. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's that's modern my, that's masterpieces. My last one that I played personally. Well, yeah. that in NBA Jam, but you know. Oh yeah, I mean you gotta love NBA Jam. Boom shakalaka, yeah. sir. Boom shakalaka. I'm gonna From pause down, right down. now because my dog got a pencil. <laughs> okay. I don't know how he got a pencil. What is this? Is this 1922? Come I think on. he got it from downtown. He's taking it to the hoop. He's on fire. <laughs> oh god, that dog's Does on fire. Die? You know what needs to come back? Because like NBA kind of came why back, I, like NBA Jam. And that's why I hate that guy. Oh wait, he's back and he's got his headphones on. Seriously, hey, what, what is he doing? I mean, come on, where did he find a pencil? Oh my son, Writing the next great American oh. novel. Yes, that's exactly. It. That's it. Yes, put fifteen um, dogs in front of typewriters, and that's what they'll do. Looney Tunes basketball needs to come back. Now that we've got oh. like the sort of NBA Jam kind of uh, revival. Was there a trailer for NBA Jam, by the way, or the uh, the Space Jam? Was there a trailer for that? Space Jam too. I, I missed it. Was there a trailer? No, I didn't see. It. I, no, I, I the only trailer I watched from yesterday was the uh, uh, Bucky and the thingy thing. Which Falcon and Winter Soldier? That's gotcha. the one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, and Avery, I I edit this. I edit this heavily, so by all means, we get interrupted. I've got dogs. Mark has wild babies that come up and. <laughs> Yeah, I, have a, so. I have a small cat outside the door wondering why I'm not letting him in right now. So. Exactly. Yeah, my dog is in right now because my my wife and I, my son are at Taekwondo. And if I shut the door, all I would hear is paw, 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 yell and bark. So I'm like, he's here now until they show up and then I'll mute them. Oh, well, so we can get into this. Awesome. This is going really well. So we will move on and I'll go in five, four, Did three. It, sorry, before you have resumed, do I need to I, – I didn't say anything about Stadia Source there. Do I need to do that there or later? Oh, yeah. When we come back, you say, yeah, and by the way, I'm from Stadia Source or however you want to do it so it doesn't get missed. So we'll go from there. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. And, of course, uh, you know, I, I – I, as of the recent – the birth of game streaming and all of that, I've uh, uh, taken up with a, a, a little outfit called Stadia Source. Uh, we Our tagline is your number one source for Stadia news and reviews, which is true. Uh, you guys, you get to be the people that know this before anybody else. By the time this episode comes out, we will have crossed the three million visitor mark on StadiaSource.com. Wow. Uh, we just hit a million about four months ago, uh, and that was after about a year. So we are 
the, the curve is, is strong. Uh, and so on Stadia Source, we, we are the, the, the leading website for, for Google Stadia specific news. And uh, for that organization, I am the digital manager. So I handle our YouTube channel. Of our stream team, dream team, uh, streaming on our YouTube channel all week long, and I'm the host of the Stadia Source Roundtable podcast uh, Thursday nights, uh, streaming live on YouTube, and then we post it to all the the favorite podcatchers that you, that you know, love and or hate. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's it's super fun to kind of be uh, on the inside of uh, of the vanguard of of streaming and and get an idea of that. I know we have that to talk about later. Awesome. Well, yeah, and if you missed it when Avery talked about where you can catch him now, you'll hear about it at the end of the show as well. So, but but all means, if you want, if you've got questions about Stadia, guys, definitely you'll know how to follow him, ask those questions. If you want to ask us, we'll ask him. We'll get you your answers on the world of streaming, and this is going to be awesome because it's kind of a blind spot for me and Mark, so this is really going to be exciting. So we'll try not to be too dumb in this arena, but act hopefully ask intelligent questions along the way. So let's get into what we've been playing. So Avery, we do a little bit of a round table. So basically you'll do one game. We'll go this so we basically kind of uh, cover any bases and ask questions. So uh, what have you been playing? Well, I have been trekking my way through Merry Old England in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, playing that on Stadia, of course. Uh, and the the deeper I get into it, the more I'm not sure I like it. <laughs> which is real tough because normally it's almost like, you know, they say if you start eating a food that you're not used to, eventually it kind of grows on you. And Valhalla is doing the opposite. Like I, I loved Odyssey. Odyssey was one of my favorite games of, of the past couple of years. I played straight through the whole thing. It was the first game I ever bought on Stadia and I played it straight start to finish on Stadia. Loved every minute of it. And Valhalla just seems like, like the, like the, the old Viking dirt fields it's doing uh it's replicating it feels like it's just becoming muddier and sloggier as it goes along um i and i've spoken to several people who kind of have felt the same way like the first the first couple of hours are a little slow and then it picks up and then it just slows right back down again um and so i don't i don't know I, and i haven't i don't quit games like I'm not a person that will start a game and quit. I'm a person that will play one game and play it until I'm done. Like I won't start a book unless I finish that book. I won't start a movie unless I finish that movie. I still have not watched game of Thrones because I know that I have like 80 hours I have to deal with or 40 or 60 or how much it is. And so I'm not going to start it because the second I start it, I'm going to have to finish it. It's also how my wife has gotten me into things like legacies and the vampire diaries. Cause once you start it, so so yeah i don't know about valhalla i i i don't know yet i'll i'm gonna give it maybe 10 more hours at best to so mark did mark did a review on it and i got i think i finally left scandinavian countries i think i'm finally there and i haven't gone back to it yet so i've just been ran rampant by other games but um Mm. mark mark you finally did you finish the game or did you say i made a review based on getting enough of it uh, yeah, I, I did not completely finish the game, but uh, I got pretty darn far in the game enough that I, I felt that I could I could make an assessment of it. Uh, and I mentioned that in my review that I, I was not done because it was just such a massive, massive game. Um, and I, I do want to go back. And I was actually just before we started recording, talking to my brother uh, about this game and comparing it to Immortals Phoenix Rising, both of which are on sale right now on PSN, and I think they're on sale on, on Xbox as well. Uh, and he just got his PlayStation 5, as we discussed a couple weeks ago. 
And uh, yeah, he was asking me which one I liked better. And I was like, I think I liked Immortals better. And he's like, really, you, who has been crazy addicted to any Assassin's Creed game, even the ones that everyone else hated since they came out, you're telling me that you liked this other game better. I was like, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like anytime I was sitting there and I think, Todd, you said the same thing, like in our game of the year discussions, anytime you were you were sitting in front with a, a controller in your hand and, and, and you, you were trying to decide what to play, it was always Immortals over mm-hmm. Valhalla. And I, I'm <sighs> kind of similar, Avery. I'm, I'm trying to determine what the reasoning is there and I can't quite put it into words, but there was just something and, and maybe it was the bright colors and a new console and, and whatever that kept bringing me towards uh, towards Immortals. But uh, I, I liked Valhalla for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I when he asked me which one he should buy, I was like, all right, kind of like Immortals maybe kind of. But uh, yeah, I think he ended up buying both because they're on sale. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, well, I mean, I don't know where the hook is in that game. Uh, quite honestly, maybe you haven't found it yet either. It really axes and swords. There's not so many hooks. No hooks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Zing. But yeah, I, it's there's. I I think with the Odyssey had a more like defined. You're trying to kill everybody in the order, and then once you've done that, you finish the game. Mm-hmm. And as you go to do that, you're going to progress through the whole story. But that's the whole thing. Whereas this one has like the the winning of the territories, which seems to be the main story and doesn't the order mm. is completely separate. It's almost as if I described it to somebody today, um, I think on Twitter, as if they somebody at Ubisoft was making a Vikings game and somebody else said it's not going to sell enough. Throw the Isu in there and give him R1 to assassinate. <laughs> And and I'm like, if what they were going for was a historical Vikings game, do that. Get it sponsored by A&E or whichever one it was that produced the Vikings miniseries and call it a day. It's it doesn't it's not an Assassin's Creed game. And that's the thing that everybody has kind of stated about it is it just really doesn't feel like an Assassin's Creed game. And having only played Odyssey, I don't really have room to talk about the other ones, but Mm. Yeah, IFR is a whole other thing. IFR, I am refusing to buy because I know I'm going to love it, and I know that I'm going to play. I know I'm going to get the Ubisoft Plus subscription at some point because it's on Stadia now, and you can just click play on any of those games in Ubisoft yeah. Plus, and you're you're done. And so I want to do that, but I have in my backlog Jedi Fallen Order and the Watch Dogs Legion and Far Cry five and far cry new dawn and a bunch of other games that i haven't even started so i can't i can't do ifr yet or all of those will go away and i will <laughs> that's the so, first time if anybody I, called it ifr i like yes yeah, ifr oh uh, but I, we exclusively yeah. refer to it as gods and monsters we, we over on right. our channel we refuse okay. to call it by the new name <laughs> so yeah. uh I, yeah that's that's tough i would i would play fallen order first and then jump into phoenix rising I think over the other two games that you mentioned, but that's just me personally. Yeah. I get a power in there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It, it is so funny and light that it is a good palate cleanser. So um, yeah, cool. 
I enjoyed the it, demo. I played the demo on, the, on Stadia, which is still actually out there. Uh, if you've never, if you haven't tried Stadia, the demo for Immortals: Phoenix Rising is there. It's exclusive to, to Stadia, um, and uh, I enjoyed it. And I know I will love that game. So I'm like, I am also the person that like Ubisoft games are terrible for me because I will not rest until every single dot on that map oh, has no. been solved. It'll we'll, never be done. Yeah. Then that's tough. And yeah, so I can't. I just can't. And yeah. and uh, uh, Scar- uh, Scarlet Stream, aka Carly, who is a guest on Secret Friends Unite, uh, from our who is also on the Stadia Source team, uh, that is her favorite game of all time. And really, she has played it extensively on our channel. And just watching her play it, I'm like, I have to, uh, no, finish a game first, finish another game first. <laughs> so that's that's the roughness that I'm dealing with. Yeah, and that was our game of the year. That was basically yeah. we picked a top five and whatever was the highest of those games. And we just – it took us by surprise. Ubisoft Canada was nice enough to give us codes, and yeah. we just had a blast. And I did play the uh, demo on Stadia, so um, that was one of my most recent experiences with Stadia. Very good. So, uh, Mark, Hades, uh, I talked about mm-hmm. this before. Now you're getting to experience Where are you experiencing it on? Uh, Switch. No, no PC for me. Uh, but uh, it is it is such a great game. And and yeah, we did mention this before that that, uh, you know, I picked it up over the holidays and, and didn't really get to play it with everything that was going on. But uh, yeah, jumping in now and I, I played it a little bit and now I'm really, really jumping in. So I've done uh, and by really jumping in, I mean, probably 12 runs or so ish so i know it you know you can do like 30 runs or so before you actually kind of beat the story game and then you know more and more runs to keep going uh so i know i'm i'm still fairly early on in the progression of like escaping hades or whatever but uh holy shit this game's just fantastic like the voice acting like everything you do is just it's progressing and and i think this this has been said before so i won't go too much on it but um you know in in most roguelikes or roguelites you still don't feel like you're progressing through like it's 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 fun as an arcade kind of thing and I'm, I'm someone that usually likes those type of games because i grew up going to the arcade where you pop in a quarter and you play as much as you can and then you die and then you pop in another quarter and you can continue or you go the next time and you pop in a quarter and you start at the start again and that's kind of like to me that that loop doesn't break my brain as much as some other people hate it uh but for this one it's really hooking me because of that progression and because when you meet someone after a run they'll talk about what happened in that run or they'll they'll talk about what happened prior in in the game or whatever and uh it, it kind of keeps it going so yes while there is a lot of repetitive nature to it um as far as like just doing the runs dying starting over whatever um it, I don't know. There's just something very, very special about it. And I finally understand why it was on so many game of the year lists. I wish I played it earlier. So I, it, this would have a hundred percent made my top five for the, for the last year. And, uh, and, and I'm like, I've been mentally trying to arrange, like what would have gotten kicked off. And you'd think like number five, I guess would, would probably get kicked off in my list. I can go back and look at that, but uh, it, yeah, I don't know exactly where it would fall yet. Because I, like I said, I am still fairly early, but uh, what a great game! Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, the narrative is the uh, hook that uh, most roguelites don't have, and that game has it in spades, mm-hmm. and it's super giant, and they are just experts in just capturing that narrative experience and i love it and yeah it's I, it's a game i haven't played enough of but i want to but i heard it's just one of those things where it's it's a roguelike but it, it essentially rewards you with giving you the ability to improve 
mm-hmm. and then uh, find your path. Uh, and then, yeah, it's interaction. So really excited about that one uh, to play more. Um, my game this week is called uh, that I really loved and actually completed. And I was telling you, Mark, as I was playing this, because it was leaving uh, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, I think only on PC. And that's a game called Gree. My wife uh, made sure I could pronounce this correctly uh, because it's actually you know, I, fans- I'm I'm more a fan of Gree 2 with John Travolta. Oh, no. <laughs> but that's just thank you. Thank you Sorry. for that. Uh, yeah. So Gree, it looks like Greece, G-R-I-S. And the reason it's called that is because it's Gree is apparently a foreign language version of gray, the color. My wife is a uh, multilingual person. I am not. I speak English. An American, I guess you would say it, Mark. I don't know. Do you guys speak Canadian? Maybe. Uh, yes. Uh, it, our, our alphabet starts with E H uh, instead of A. And as with uh, Z. The rest is that. pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah Z exactly. instead of Z. So mm-hmm. uh, really makes it weird when you're you're talking about a Z Z top album. But uh, otherwise, oh, no. yeah, we're pretty good. You did that. Um, this now, game. Now does... I will say it, it could be Greece if it's Spanish because yes. it is Gris in. French, but it's Greece in, in Spanish. So yeah. what way, is it? Right? Uh, yeah, uh, my Spanish from high school has been lost. I will not torture that. I will not offend anyone in any community <laughs> that speaks anything other than American. My, my Spanish is my wife and my father-in-law, so I have plenty of Spanish. Yep. <laughs> I, am, I am the anti-Ricky Ricardo. So. Yes, yes. My <laughs> wife is Filipino, and Spanish is a huge part of that language, so she kind of constantly reminds me that, yes, uh, Todd, uh, don't try. So I don't, and I, I, I just appreciate and, and, and support. <laughs> that spousal motivation you need in life. I gotta don't love try. that support. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, But Gree is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. The narrative, at first I'm like, this is just going to be some artsy-fartsy game. And yes, it's very artsy and fartsy. It's beautiful. It has interesting mechanics, has a wonderful story. And I just was just I'm like, oh, I'll play a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'll keep playing. And it kept on going and going and going. And I'm like, wow, I did not expect myself to just fall in love with this game. But I did. And it's a three hour to four hour experience, depending on how bad you are in games. I'm probably a five hour person on this because I'm like, uh, there's certain things. But I mean, this game is is it is a story narrative heavy game with some minor mechanics, uh, traversal, things like that. But it also surprised me, it had some very almost Bioshock infinite uh, moments where like you had that one. What was the bird, the evil bird in Bioshock Infinite? Had a moment like that, and that I did not expect in this game. So it had a little bit of a, uh, 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 I guess, an antagonist that I was not expecting. And I just really lo- love this game. So it's a shame it's already gone from Game Pass on Xbox PC or uh, PC Game Pass, um, and it's not anywhere well. But I think right now it's on uh, Switch as well, and it's on PC. Yes. But it's it's a wonderful game. And I like I said, I'm not an indie guy by any means, but this game really just made me happy on a day off that I just beat it in four hours and. I felt really fulfilled. That's great. Avery, what else have you been playing? So uh, I have also, uh, despite being the one game person, I've actually been breaking that rule kind of heavily this week. Uh, On February 1st, the Employee of the Month edition of Journey to the Savage Planet 
from uh, Stadia Games and Entertainment, RIP, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And uh, nay, Typhoon Studios uh, came out uh, on uh, Stadia Pro. So if you are a subscriber, you got the Employee of the Month edition, which included the DLC and some other things. Uh, absolutely free. And so I, I gave that – I've been getting into that one. Um it's super fun. It's it's got a great sense of humor, a very idiocracy um, sense of humor to it, uh, or, or uh, you know, floaty chair future from from Wally, uh, and I, I I've really enjoyed it so far. I've only played um, I think the little the, the little home screen thing says I'm about twenty to twenty five percent of the way through, and uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's it's not it's something you can pick up, play, scan a few things, make it a few uh, a few steps down the road, put it back away, um, you know. It was relatively well received when it came out for other platforms prior to stadia and then of course stadia bought them uh during a period of exclusivity so despite the fact that stadia owned this game for a year you couldn't play it uh and then february 1st uh it it came out uh and yeah i've I've enjoyed it quite a bit um i don't know if it'll be a game that i finish it might uh but i've enjoyed it fairly well enough so far we'll see how i feel about it after another we'll see if i get 60% 60% of the way through this one and start hating it, but uh, right. so far, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I played a little bit of that on uh, Xbox Game Pass, and it kind of had a visual uh, aesthetic of almost like Outer Worlds. And it's like, yeah, interesting. I'm like, okay, is this different? Totally different type of game. But it has one of those uh, experiences very much family-friendly versus Outer Worlds. So it, it does have that. saturated yes. and, yep. like, you know, brilliant landscapes. And, like, I'm, I'm having played enough of Assassin's Creed of it's just all gray. The whole thing is gray. Start to finish, it's gray. To play a game with color was kind of nice. It, it, it pleasured your eyes. <laughs> In a way. I don't know that I'd phrase it that oh, way. Oh, well, you know. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Sure. Why not? Oh, well. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, that like you said, the they bought the, they bought the studio. They got the game, and yeah, we'll talk more about that as and well. And then but stuff happened. Is stuff happened. And dot, stuff happened. Dot, dot. Yes. Yeah. Ellipsis, ellipsis, ellipsis. Mark, Gears 5. Mm-hmm. Are you finally playing yeah. this game? I'm finally playing. Uh, and, and I did play a little bit of this game. And, uh, so last, last night, the night before, something like that, I, I picked it up again, just randomly. I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know what I want to play. I didn't feel like jumping into Fortnite and, uh, and, and playing. So I, I fired up gears five and, uh, continued from where I left off. And, uh, where I left off was very early. Cause last night I played for about a half hour and then saw the, the title screen. So that's how early I was. Uh, but speaking of a visually just beautiful game, uh, when you know you start off and it's it's kind of typical gears kind of stuff, and then you go to this snowy tundra looking place, and that is absolutely like just beautiful. And and there's there's uh, it's man, yeah, this is a, a showcase game for for the Xbox. Even though it was a last generation game, they've made some great improvements for the series consoles. And uh, that, you know, I'm not going to talk too much more about Gears 5, but I just I I wanted to just say because we have been talking about it the last couple of uh, episodes and I wanted to say, yeah, I'm finally playing the story mode and uh, I'm working my way through. And just like any other Gears game, I stayed up way too late last night because I get super hooked and I'm lucky today was a storm day. 
and I stayed home from work and uh, did not do anything all day except like sleep in a bit because I stayed up way too late playing Gears and working my way through that story. So uh, I don't know exactly how far I am, but I want to continue. So hopefully by uh, by the next time we record, I'll have this one in the can, done, work through Hive Busters. And uh, yeah, man, what a great game. Download it on Game Pass. It is awesome. And I think it's uh, it's it's Games with Gold this month, isn't it? It is, and I will tell you, I tried to play that with uh, my buddy Sean Nias, who you met. Yeah. And when I tried to play, guess what? Not everything was downloaded, even though right. I had put that in my library. I'm like, can we get this together, guys? If you mm-hmm. tell me a game's there and I said install it, why isn't it all there? And, yep. and Avery's just laughing because like, ha ha, Stadia doesn't give you this issue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's just so yeah, dumb. Yeah, the all whole 104 games. games we have, you don't have to download any of them. No, Call of Duty, like I mentioned before, they split the campaign into three, like, load, like, things you have to download. I'm like, why? I have Crazy. a disc. And then you Crazy. should tell me, like, yeah, it just, uh, can someone just have a plan and stick with it, folks? This is dumb. <laughs> smart people do this stuff. Avery, you know smart people that do programming and stuff. Why, why, eh, maybe it's, it's the, it's, it's evil this, corporations. This is, this keeps them in business. Okay, you know, evil the corporations. The guy that would have to Thank program you. the automatic downloading, if he ever finishes that code, he's, he's out, out of a job. job. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I get it now. Oh, well, uh, yeah. So Mark, if you see me online anytime, pull me in, I'll play with you. Well, if it's yeah. downloaded. Yeah. Or Sean. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, so then I uh, played a big game for Xbox. This is the uh, first official Series S slash X exclusive that you can't play on Xbox One, and that is the medium. It's also on PC. This is by Bluebird Team, which is just the weirdest name in the world. It sounds like somebody... For a horror it's studio. A, it's, a, Why? it's a nickname for a fart. So oh, I had a Bluebird. Oh, yeah, they're making oh, they're making games about small, squishy creatures that you, yeah. you heard across landscapes. No, yeah. no. If, if you if I said there are two games coming out this year, there's the medium and that's a horror game. And then there's the gunk, which has to do with goo stuff. And I said there's two teams making that image and form and bloober team. Which game would you assign to which team swap? <laughs> right like it just doesn't make any sense but i stepped in the bloober <laughs> yeah yeah it's so weird oh, but yeah. the bloober on my shoe oh gross yeah. i gotta scrape that off this is a weird team they do the uh they did the blair witch that was their last game they're into these narrative spooky games um uh, this game was supposed to be a showpiece for xbox because they haven't had a first party game yet that launched on xbox series s and x yet so this is kind of the game that they've kind of hyped up um they um backed it but it is not i don't think it's published by xbox but regardless it's basically about a medium uh this woman that is going exploring mysteries basically she is in touch with the spirit world my wife watches all these ghost paranormal shows so I'm cleared into all of these mechanics and you just, you know, how you have to uncover it and find people their peace. And the game opens wonderfully because you're basically jumped into this character's life, strong character. Uh, her father fa- dies. This is at the very beginning, so it's no spoilers. And she basically her she's brought to, to Belgium or this foreign country in Europe. They don't aren't specifically saying where it is. It could be Poland. I don't know. It's Europe in a place where People speak funny, um, and I, I be Eastern European. I, and, and Mark's like, Todd, you've offended a lot of people, and I'm like, I'm not trying yep. to. 
I just don't know. They weren't so explicit in how they said where they were at. But basically, you're there. Her father is a mortician. He passed away. He's actually her foster father, but raised her. And she's there to to, to uh, basically take care of his affairs. He still has the um, funeral home. And, of course, he has to help uh, – she has to help him pass, um, which is a wonderful experience. It's very beautiful. Uh, the big draw here with this game is basically you can split into two worlds. It's split screen. You've got uh, – you're in the real, real world on this side, and on the right-hand side you're in the uh, spirit world. And you're hmm. doing things in tandem, and you're controlling both characters at the same time. So it looks a little bit weird, controls a little weird. Um this is not a triple A game. This is a B tier game uh, mm-hmm. because you can tell um, because the way the character is animated, the way the character looks, the character models, the gameplay. This isn't reinventing adventure games at any level, but it is an adventure game. Uh, the way she moves, it's stiff. The character looks stiff. She doesn't have great animations in her face. When you run, it's like a slow staggered <laughs> not a jog even it's weird like the like the early yeah. resident evil kind of i was just gonna say it sounds like tank controls yeah it, it, it's not as bad as tank controls but man oh man it's just one of those things it's like did they try to stretch out this game by making the traversal so slow because even when you can run you're not running it's like mark it's like you know when you are belabored to want to run but you don't really want to run it's that <laughs> <laughs> or you're trying, or let's say it's like when, when someone's holding the door open for you, but you're a little too exactly. far. Exactly, it's like, like oh yeah, I'm coming, I'm shuffle, coming. Like, oh, yeah. thanks for holding the door, I'm coming. Uh, I'm crossing you don't the street because yeah. like you're in, you know, yeah, I'm not yeah. running towards Walmart. Yeah, that's I get it. It's you. exactly like that. So they got to call it the 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 polite jaunt. Maybe is the right, new yeah. way. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. call it that. But yeah, I mean this, but this struggles with adventure game mechanics where if you don't do the exact same thing they want you to. You then will spend like a half hour like, what the hell was I supposed to do? Oh, crap, I'm going to the walkthrough online. And it's not a rewarding experience. And, yeah, I don't – So what – is it just the split-screen worlds happening in tandem? What makes this a next-gen exclusive? Because everything you've said so far sounds like this thing could be running on like N64. What the hell? Yeah, I, I don't feel like this is, an, is a next-gen game. It feels like – it's somebody mentioned. Uh, actually, Ryan Turford said it's an ex, it's an, a PS2 era game with a fresh coat of paint, which is not mm. lavish applause for. Like I said, when Xbox is like this is the game that can only be run on these games. Yeah, it's the split screen. Maybe that's what it is, or if it would go like down to 30 frames per second. Right. Yeah. So I I just I just feel like this game is just it's a fragrant fart, but not. <laughs> And I, I don't see myself it's revisiting nice, this. It's, it's an aromatic bloober. Just exactly. <laughs> but I, I don't think the, stro- the, 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 the story is strong enough or the performances are strong enough. And like I said, the animation and everything, it feels actually – comparing like a Heavenly Sword where you think about that's a small studio that did on an on a indie budget. And the way they made the people look and, the, and the, basically the, the, uh, the, the, the motion capture, that's a next-gen game compared to this. This just feels like – uh, we got to put something out there, and they're going to do this mechanic that has to be on next gen because the the I think you get staggering on on current gen, but it doesn't feel like a next gen experience. So it, it's a frustrating thing. But it, the good thing about Game Pass, it's free to play. But I don't think I'm going to continue on with the game. I'll watch it. I'll watch a walkthrough on YouTube. Quite honestly. Gotcha. Yeah, Downer Todd. Yeah, but yeah. Let's, let's get some exciting. 
Yeah, Avery, so Pick please excite us, us about Final Fantasy fourteen because this is like one of the only other MMORPGs beyond like Elder Scrolls Online and World Warcraft that people are actually playing. Yeah, uh, I, I believe it currently. It, it's always in one of the top three spots. Um, so I played this game uh, post-Realm Reborn. So, it, of course, this has its his, its historied uh, first launch and complete failure. And so yep. they literally blew up the world and uh, in-game to shut the servers down and then relaunched it. Uh, and uh, so I played it between that and the first expansion that came out. Um, and I, uh, this was 2015, 2014, 2015. Um, and I loved it. I, I enjoyed this game. I enjoyed every bit of it. Um, and, and I played through the entire main story quest and then I moved to take another job and I just didn't have the, the spare time that I needed to really stick with a, uh, to, to stick with a, an MMORPG. And so I stopped. Stop playing it. Uh, and so meanwhile, there is um, Heaven's Word, Stormblood, Shadowbringers, and they just announced a brand new one, which we'll talk about. And so there have been three major expansions that have all added dozens of hours to this game. So I thought, you know what? They just announced the new one. Um, I loved this game the first time I played it. I now have a computer that will actually play it in greater than... 212p and so i can actually enjoy this game as it was as it was as yoshi p would want me to enjoy it uh and so i downloaded it again over the weekend i downloaded it which was obnoxious having to i've only played stadia games how dare they make you download anything right welcome back to the world of peasants you know so an hour later on i have pretty good internet i pay for a gig and i get most of it uh so an hour later i had the game and got back in and I started a brand new account. I don't know if I could just couldn't find the old or whatever else. So I started back from level one and just walking through the gates of Ulda and just back to the, and I'm just like, I loved this game before and I know I'm going to love it again. And I'm just feeling it like it's going to be, I'm just, I'm ready for it. Um, I'm, I'm not even going to skip anything. I'm going to play straight through the main story quest again, uh, because otherwise I'd have to watch some YouTube explainer <laughs> and then just go, expansion to expansion to expansion and play the whole thing and i'm ready for it my body is ready well it's gonna be awesome experience to go back to a game where it's like they've updated they've they've taken a lot of the pain from you so i i I like that you know kind of basically it's like hey it's it's the best it's ever gonna be yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know what the like. I can't remember much of what the game was like back then. But I know like there are some mechanics that I've not seen before, and I'm only a level twelve. Um, you know, I've only been playing it for all of four hours, and so I'm like, they've made changes here. They've simplified things. It is a much faster experience to get up to that those first fifty levels, which I knew. You know that that always happens. Anytime anybody expands the game, they always make the intro shorter. Um, and so I'm like, oh, cool. You know what? I, if I were to find and reactivate my old level 50 character, I wouldn't know how to play him anymore. He was a summoner. So there's like pet mechanics and all of this. I wouldn't have a clue anymore. So just start fresh. Great. So I'm starting fresh, starting fresh as a black mage and just enjoying this game and going through it. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. It's like revisiting an ex-girlfriend, uh, that you're allowed to. <laughs> are you um how many restraining orders do you currently have against you Tom? 
<laughs> just Facebook. Or are you not legally just, allowed just to talk Facebook about Facebook stalking? That's about it. No, that's about it. Got it. Yeah. That's so much exactly. healthier. Yes. Exactly. And they can't tell. You didn't oh, know well. this was a confession couch, too. Yeah, dude. exactly. Like, just, not just co-op. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, that's why it's sticky. Exactly. Ooh, ooh, yeah. Okay. Oh well, Mark, you played Tetris Effect Connect. I did. I, assume. Yeah. I did too. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, this was one that I just, my wife and I were were sitting on the couch and uh, our couch, not the co-op couch, and uh, we were just kind of. Uh, she she was actually playing Animal Crossing on her Switch, and I, I fired up the Xbox uh, again, not really knowing what to play, and and saw that in Game Pass and said you know what? She's going to love this because she loves Tetris and it didn't take long to download. And I just fired up. I just handed her a controller and she was like, what's this? And I said, you'll see. And I <laughs> jumped into a multiplayer game and she kicked my ass uh, handedly, like just easily, just here you go. Like, here's your ass. Uh, and she handed it right to me. Uh, and and uh, we, we had a fun time with it though. And this game is so freaking beautiful. Holy mm-hmm. crap. There's like particle effects and just uh, HDR 4K. Just th- this is uh, you think Tetris and you're like, how is that optimized for a series console? And boy, they did it. And uh, the first time ever my wife has on her own fired up my Xbox <laughs> and I think that like includes any Xbox, not just the series. Like I'm talking Xbox One, Xbox One X series. Like the first and only time I've seen her was today when like I'm over playing with the baby and I hear the and I'm like, the hell? Like <laughs> and she jumps into Tetris Effect. And I was like, okay, I, I found something. Now we're gonna get uh, have to get a Series S or something because I'm never getting my damn Xbox back. But uh, yeah, anyway, she uh, she loves it. I love it. Uh, very early on, I haven't played other than the the multiplayer stuff. Haven't really played anything, and I want to uh, just kind of go through that. Like I forget what they call the story mode or whatever it is, but uh, I really need to get up because she got two achievements a pop like real early on. I was just like, okay, I'm real close to 10,000 achievements, uh, achievement points. Also, I forgot to mention this on the show, uh, two weeks ago, I recovered the password for my old Xbox. Oh, nice. Uh, bonus games, bonus games, not very many. Cause it was my 360 account. Uh, so a lot of that back then was still physical stuff, but a couple of like Xbox live arcade games and some fun little things there. Um, but I like back in like, oh, man, back then I had like over 10,000 gamer score and now I'm just hitting another 10,000. So I'm like, damn it combined. Like I know 20,000 is not super impressive when you got people like Ryan Turfer that are like 400,000 or something stupid, crazy, insane. Like, you know, just, I don't even know how he has the time to do that. Ryan, I love you. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I just like, I wish there was a way to combine them or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I have them there and um yeah, so it's, it's kind of neat. But uh, yeah, Tetris Effect, I, I, I want to play more, which is crazy because it's Tetris and how they make it look that good. It's it's weird. It's a beautiful game. I played it. I'm not good at Tetris, but I enjoyed the experience, music, the uh, graphics. There's a whale in the game. Yeah. I saw the whale. The whale's yeah. beautiful. I'm yep. horrible at the game. Uh, it causes me but, too and, much stress. And, and that's like, Yeah. I, I And I'm too stressed in that game, and you're not supposed to be stressed in that game. So. Right. It's yeah. not for me, but it's there beautiful. was one. Uh, it was pretty early on and I was watching her play it and I was like, 
I kind of want to be like, <laughs> oh, there's kids that listen. Kids, plug your ears. Um, I kind of want to be like a little high playing this game. <laughs> like that would help. But at the same time, like I think, like if it, if you were like, I think it could go bad too. Um, but like there's some trippy looking stuff, like crazy effects, uh, yeah. which I guess is why they call it Tetris effect. Um, but man, yeah, what a pretty game. It's really that's really fun. Check it out. It's on Xbox Game Pass. It's wonderful on PC mm-hmm. as well. It's beautiful. It showed up on uh, PS4 uh, just as Tetris Effect Connected was exclusive to Xbox. So it's it's yeah. awesome. If you like Tetris, check it out. It's well worth it. Um, something that's not well worth it, but it's like it's a curiosity that you, you have to do. It's like it's like uh, that bad experience, that B movie that you don't know how it exists, and that's Balin Wonderland. I played the demo. It's out everywhere, I think, right now. It's mm-hmm. horrible. This is by Yuji Naka. This is the guy that created Sonic. And, oh, my God, this game is horrible. It's just I, – other people have talked about this, and I totally agree. I, I've heard so many people say this, and it hurts my heart because when I first saw the trailers of this, I was like, this game looks incredible, yeah. and I hope it looks yeah. like yeah. And Same thing. I'm like the every I've seen so many people talk about this demo and talk about how it's just not good. <laughs> Todd, I think you like screwed over the world on this one because yeah, a couple of episodes ago. Oh, it's your fault. It is my fault. It's your well. I mean, both of us really. We we were talking about how we've been so lucky getting some really great codes to review, Uh, and I think this was again back at our um, game of the year thing. We talked about how many great games and like you know some developers gave us some great codes for some amazing games. Oh no, Mark, are are we getting codes? No, no, we didn't get code for this. But I would but, feel horrible. <laughs> no, but I mean, we didn't. You didn't pay for this, so I'm technically counting that as like oh, okay. something that you played for this show to see how it was. And it's a steaming pile of turds. And that's what you said. Like, you, you know, we both kind of said it. Like, oh man, like it'd be kind of fun to like rip on something for a bit. So yes, this wasn't a, a review code or anything, but like rip on it for a bit. This is your time to shine. Oh, talk about a game where there's one action button. That's all the action buttons. And, and you get these suits that are basically controlling yourself. So this is like Billy Hatcher meets the worst, like, uh, you know, what is it? Uh, what was a really bad, uh, God, I think it, what was the really crappy, like 2d platformer in the PS one era? Uh, was it uh, Bubsy? So this is like oh. Bubsy if they brought Bubsy back. Bubsy? Yes, you're talking about That is a Bubsy? SNES classic. That's oh. I was going to say. That's SNES, not PS1. Like, that's, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe well, there was a Bubsy 3D. A no, there was a, bu- there was a Bubsy 3D, Mark. It was horrible. And uh, it's like, I'm this fight is just you continuing about to smack about oh. Bubsy. Um, that's, yeah. that's it. We're throwing down. Next but thing yeah, you know, he's gonna have a problem with claymates, and we're gonna have. Oh gonna no, have... I love, I love, no. I love Play Fighter N64. What is it, 66 and a third or whatever? I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, but this this game is. I don't know what its focus is. Um, you are wearing suits for your power-ups, and they give you different abilities, but they don't give you all of the abilities you think you would have in a platformer. You can't jump in some of these suits. You have one ability, like one is just getting tall. Like, you can get tall. That's your ability, getting tall. Am I being sarcastic enough? Why is that an yeah. ability, getting tall? That's... So I, it's just it's just a hot mess. There's all these, like, NPCs. You don't know if they're enemies at first, and they're just sitting there dancing. And you go over to them, and they disappear. But when you get a little away from them, they come back. And 
it makes no sense. And there's this one part where you get these trophies, and then you meet this guy named Balin. It's his Wonderland, apparently. And uh-huh. it kicks off a quick time event that makes no sense with Balin, where if you line up his like shadow images, he does something. And then it ends. And you get something, but you don't know why you get the thing. <laughs> and then it ends, and it, at the end, this game might have the best slash worst like cutscenes in the world, where it's like a dance party with all of these people you met. It's very weird. It makes no sense. Yeah. But play the demo, please. Definitely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it it has so far not been announced for Stadia, and I am I am reserving my downloading and PC space uh, right now because I know that if I I have Steam, I have I could do GeForce now if I really wanted to stream things, but I could also just do play them on Steam because I have a competent computer, and I know that I would download many things and buy many things if i didn't stop myself so i've i've yet to like there's a part of my brain that's saying no no no, you're a stadia gamer you don't buy pc games and therefore i don't i don't buy pc games even though i have a very competent pc that i could i have a very very competent pc that i'm basically just doing zoom chats on all day so (laughs) makes sense yeah yeah, yeah I, uh, with you. So I am so, not downloading the demo. I'm avoiding it. Yeah, I will skip this game. And, but I have to say that watching you, like, uh, you know, you've, you've posted a couple of things about it, and I've seen so many people post things about this, that I discovered something that I didn't know was weird uh, about myself. And uh, I didn't. So, okay, so certain words for me will have. Um, it's it's hard to describe. I don't even know how to to. I, this is how. Do you have confession, new, Mark? You're really is, struggling here. No, this here. is how new this is. Okay. Uh, so okay. so certain words will make me feel uncomfortable, but it's it's not like a it's a it's an uncomfortable word or something. It's just like they 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 like make my brain itch or something, and it it like so Balin like, or like Balin people get or when they say moist. Yes, like that thing. Kind Just, of, maybe? kind of, but it has more of like a, I, I don't know. There's, there's more of like a, a feeling and a, a, like a shape or something to it. Like anyway, so uh, synesthesia well, syn- or something synesthesia. like that. Synesthesia. Okay, yeah. I didn't even know how to pronounce yeah. it. This oh, okay. is how new. I never heard of this before, and my wife was like, I think you kind of like have this because I was like going off on this word like Balin Wonderland or whatever. And uh, I was just like, that word just makes me feel icky. And I was trying to describe like what the word is shaped like when it's in my mind. And she was just like, that is not a normal thing. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like words don't have like shapes and colors and stuff to you. And she was like, just what? The? Oh yeah. I've heard like, that. But yeah, that's, I've never yeah, experienced that uh, entirely. So that's a synesthetic reaction. Yeah. Okay, do, cool. Do, do you, uh, do, now do, do, <laughs> do similarly spelled words. So like baleen, like the baleen whale, does, mm-hmm. does baleen have that same effect for you? Uh, not quite as hard as Balan. I don't know why that one sets me off, but there, there are a few that, that I've experienced that, that I just like, I don't like even looking at the words cause they're weird. Um, but yeah, so that, that's apparently a thing that my brain Oof. does that I never knew was weird. Like I just like, it's just been that way. So, um, but anyway, yet seeing so many people talking about this game, I'm just like, I was uncomfortable on Twitter for a couple of days. Just <laughs> I didn't know that, Mark. I, I, I apologize for making you feel weird. 
Hey, it's not your fault. Hey. It's, I, I never knew I was like, I won't not... talk about that game ever again. Cause well... it doesn't need to be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. that's so, the, the, Hey, the weirdness of Mark's brain, uh, not, I, like I, I didn't know that that was not that that was not normal. Um, no, it's it's not it's, uh, not unnormal. Yeah. It's just it's just I, interesting. Well, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I, I you know have a different you have a different set of processing going on than other people yeah. process. It makes you good. Perfect. It makes you you mark, and we love that. That's, I guess yeah. That's uh, anyway. I never knew that was uh, different. I'll say that instead of weird. Uh, yeah. So that's I guess because yeah. But uh, anyway, there we go. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm going to erase that crappy thing with something awesome that <laughs> yes. is is out. I played the Steam. Steam has a festival of demos right now. And I I, I remember seeing this game. Uh, they showed a trailer for it during an Xbox event. I'm like, this game looks phenomenal. I love the art style and it's making me so happy. And the game is called Echo Generation. I dropped a little trailer in the chat window, gentlemen. Uh, you can watch it while I'm explaining this just because I think it's it ex- horrifying that what it dropped into the chat was a Bing link. OK, sorry. I, I get Bing, I re- get Bing rewards, Avery. Bing rewards. Uh, it's like free would- Amazon money. I was hoping that this was just Skype being Skype because it's a Microsoft product. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're doing a Bing link, you mother. Uh, no, that was a choice. OK, great. Thanks. It got me like five like points on my towards my Amazon five dollar gift card. Thank you, Amazon and Bing. But but regardless, I corrected my I like my this issue is the points that start off mega dads. Like exactly. <laughs> just, it's a new podcast made up and the points don't matter. It, it's it's the Bing podcast is coming up next. So just hold on to your horses. But I did put a real trailer in for this game at the bottom from YouTube. It's called Echo Generation. So you can watch that while I'm explaining it because this game is awesome. I played the demo. This is essentially like Stranger Things crossed over with a crazy 8-bit but a, a, a crunchy 8-bit experience where your pixels almost feel like they're substantial. Almost like the – do you remember the uh, 8-bit the Zelda Amiibo? Yeah. Kind of like it, that style. It's got a little bit of the, the 2D, 3D, like Octopath Traveler yeah. look to it, mm. but Chunky. a little bit more on the – three. It's it's weird that it is simultaneously more three-dimensional than Octopath, but less bit than Octopath. Yeah, it's 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 3D dot game hero. If you ever saw play that game, where it was basically like that style in a Zelda format, where you could change all your of your all of your eight uh, bit characters, you could change them by changing the bits. But this game is fantastic. It's a 3D eight uh, bit retro style uh, turn based uh, game where it's it. This feels like the style of it feels like the South Park uh, JRPG games. You know, the South Park stick of truth. It's that type of game, sense of humor. You take on trash pandas, a.k.a. raccoons. Fantastic. It's fantastic, and you team up with your little sister. It's awesome. This game, I'm so excited for this game after playing the demo. Um, I love this. I hope they don't pad it with like uh, 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 you know all of the different level uh, grinding that you need to get in JRPG games. Mm-hmm. But I'm so excited about this game. I think it's coming to Game Pass. I don't know that as a fact. Maybe if I will it, it will happen. But I can't ex- <laughs> I can't wait for this to happen. But it's on Steam. Yeah, it looks- It'll probably come to other uh, platforms too. Looks a little awesome. Earthboundy also maybe. Oh yeah, so. absolutely. It's about it's, yeah. it's 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 American 80s. Uh, concept. You have a, a a tape deck player that you find tapes. You can play comic books. It's just loving that era. It's like Stranger Things mixed with the tourist. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it, Mark. So check that out. It's there as a Steam demo. It will be out on those platforms later. So that's where we end what we've been playing, gents. So now it's time to get into the news of the day. We have three news stories. We're going to talk about that. Avery, you've got a story for us in the world of news. It seems like this is reminiscent of something you mentioned earlier. Yes, Final Fantasy XIV uh, has announced their fourth expansion, uh, and they're going to the moon! Uh, and Walker, uh, I, I, I watched a goodly portion of the uh, expansion announcement event, uh, which is always fun to do, because... When they do these live expansion announcements or any kind of live letters or whatever else, there's always Yoshi P, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Naoki Yoshida, the uh, uh, director of uh, Final Fantasy XIV, and then an English translator. And it's usually the same guy. So what you're doing then is watching him go off in Japanese for about a minute, and then the English translator says, and then it's him, and it's the English translator, and it's him. So what could really be about a 30 minute presentation ends up taking an hour and a half because there's the, there's him plus there's Yoshi P then there's the English translation. And then there's like Yoshi P going, hi, I got this myself. And then the, the English guy going, yes, exactly. And then, so what should just be like 30 minutes, get through the details, zoom straight through and you're done. And then they kind of sort of talk to each other, but then when they're talking to each other, the English guy is only translating the English part of his, or, uh, the Japanese. It's weird. So anyways, that's all that today. Uh, Yoshi P announced uh, the new uh, trailer uh, or the new uh, one, which is called end Walker, uh, which is supposed to be the end of the, of the story that started with a realm reborn. So after the relaunch of, of final fantasy, uh, uh, 14, 10 years ago, this is now going to wrap up the the story that started there with the the the, the light and the dark um, fighting against each other as a standard in all uh, Final Fantasy games. And so uh, along with it, you get a new uh, a new class, a sage, which is a healer with these weird like laser sword things that are supposed to heal you. And I guess they just cauterize the wounds instantly. You don't really sure about all that. Um, and uh, some new story changes they're adding. Basically you get your own harvest moon Island, uh, which is kind of weird. And there's another level cap raise and they're releasing housing, more housing uh, and more lands. And, and then you're also going to the moon in this. Uh, so fun i don't know if that means airships will be uh, a new big part of it or whatever else but um yeah it was uh it was it was it was kind of cool to watch and and just to see kind of this 10 year arc coming to a close and of course they made it a point to say this it's we're still going that yep. in fact the very next yeah. patch this is this is 5.5 um kicks off and then you get to 6.0 and when 6.1 which is the very next patch that's going to start a brand new story so it's not nothing's going away yoshi p's not going away it's just we're, we're still going so it looks it looks like it's going to be pretty fun I love the fact that like awesome. it's like this is like patch six point or version six point one point two five. And it's like wouldn't it be like a seven? I mean like that's like a huge deal. Make it seven. Yeah, if you're you know? starting the brand newest of the new thing, just go ahead and increment. You're gonna be fine. I mean I yeah. get what they're doing. They only do that when they release a new a new sure. uh, like a realm reborn was 2.0 and then you know three four five and now this is six but i get it but come on like you will convince everyone that it's a brand new story if you start with a brand new number but then again like who cares about that they must have to pay for like the numbers it's like oh that costs 
a billion There's, dollars. Well, you, think you know, the moon as we know, would justify another number. Right. Uh, well, you know, as as we know from the end of the presentation, they're having trouble with numbers. The other thing that they, the other <laughs> thing that they talked about was that the their math is getting so huge, which is the thing that happens. I come from I, I'm in software programming. Uh, I, I'm not a programmer, but I'm a product uh, guy. And at a certain point, if your numbers are getting too big, they start rolling over on themselves mm-hmm. and they flip back to zero and it freaks everything else. Thank God uh, you weren't alive during Y2K. Or you were old enough to do that. Well, you were alive, but were you programming? I was totally alive. Were you programming in in Y2K? I was not. I was sitting in a church praying for the rapture not to happen. (laughs) That's what I was. I am not kidding. Highland Park Baptist Church, Lenore City, Tennessee. So, um, well, thank you for your uh, thank you for your prayers. It worked. So, I I did it, you guys. Um, And so they basically said once you get into like level 70, 80, 90, which is where they're going, the numbers are way too big. And so they're just going to start cutting them all uh, by by, uh, a factor of 80% in some cases. And then in doing so, they're all that. You know, compound interest. That means the numbers. If they cut you all that way down at fifty, then by the time you get to ninety, you're however many thousands of percent, you're not there anymore. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. The numbers are they they've been having issues with numbers apparently, and this is the way they're going to fix it is by not giving us more numbers. Man, numbers, less, less numbers. That works. When, Thank when goodness, my son's an engineer and will solve this issue. He'll fix the numbers. I think that's that's wrong with the uh, that's what's wrong with the the law system in in America and North America really is uh, I think if you could just you know when people are being bad you don't throw them in prison just take away their numbers Ooh. and uh, I mean Sesame Street kind of they were onto something you know like just you were 35 years old now you're 3.5 years old yeah no, sorry <laughs> you just your I am sorry. okay. But you oh, you heard the, the story. You heard the story there. That means yeah. it's serious. Yeah, that's it. That's uh, that's no, that's what they should <laughs> I'm say. I'm just waiting I'm, for. Yeah, that's so funny. The way you said that, I was waiting for. You heard the story there, and that means it's time for the Canadian bonus round. That's Here we it. go. Everybody gets Tim. And... All right. Exactly. And then oh, I was going to ask, what's what's Jean Valjean's number? Two four six zero one. Wait, no, sorry. There you go. Two, four, six, oh, one. Sorry. Oh, well, we can all sing together. It'll be the musical episode of co-op mode. Oh, well, that is awesome. I'm so excited. And it's also on PS5 and PC. Is that the only platforms? It's not on Xbox yet? Yes. Uh, It is officially coming to PS5 with the 5.5 patch, which is launching on April. Um, and it will be a uh, free upgrade for existing license holders. No, no extra cost to move to PS5. You okay. will end up getting 4K when you do that, which is not currently offered on, you know, obviously. Uh, and uh, there will be a 4K mode. There will also be a performance mode for high deep, uh, for high frame uh, FPS uh, as well. And yeah, uh, PS4. So far, they have not put it on any other platform. So it is wow. not. It has never been released on Xbox. Uh, we desperately would love to have it on Stadia. Not happening so far. Uh, we have a couple of MMOs, but we don't have that one. Uh, and uh, of course, our our poor friends on the Switch never get anything fun. And so yeah, right now uh, we're we're waiting. We're hoping they've got they've got their next fan festival coming up in May, I believe. And who knows? They're, they're going to announce one more job class. They might announce. Another, uh, it'd be it'd be real fun. I I'm betting Square Enix and Sony have been cozy, so I'm betting there are some contracts with extra zeros on them that are preventing that from happening. 
those numbers count. Oh, yeah, there you go, the numbers. numbers. do get bigger. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, Mark, uh, something that nobody can figure out how to make money off of is uh, your story. Man, yeah. Uh, so this was this was kind of a shocker. Uh, GoldenEye 007's Xbox remaster uh, kind of leaked out this week, uh, leaked onto the internet. There's uh, the walkthroughs and, and different video from this like this was a real thing and so many people myself included wanted this to be real and finding out that it was not only real but like ready to go and then got squashed by someone high up in nintendo that like oh god that's frustrating uh you know and and the the way they put it uh so ross barry uh was a artist and mark edmonds was a programmer and they were explaining that the team basically went and had the full go-ahead to do this they got permission from nintendo but they didn't talk to whoever some unnamed executive at nintendo whose opinion was the really the one they needed and uh they that person basically just at the last minute just like squashed it just shut it down like just you know it was practically finished at this point and this guy stepped in and like uh, somehow got word of it even after other people in nintendo had approved it and uh the the word or uh, it was something along the lines of there is no way a nintendo game is coming out on a microsoft console shut it down and it was like damn <laughs> just and that uh, man was shigeru miyamoto <laughs> yeah i they, they that didn't man say was luckily, abraham lincoln that's, That's right. It. Yeah. Uh, damn it, Obama. Um, we. <laughs> I just wanted to try to make Todd spit out his beer. Uh, I, I know this is a, this is an audio podcast, but that would have been great. Um, anyway, th- so like, I don't know if there's a chance of this ever coming back. Like now that Nintendo and Microsoft kind of you know are a little bit more buddy buddy, uh, would would this work? Could this work? Um, I don't know, but like there, there are talks, you know, maybe reskinning it uh, to something else, like changing everything about the game. But then, would it still be Goldeneye? Would we still know? Um, it's, would it, it's it be weird, Vikings it's, at that uh, point? It, yeah, uh, it could just yeah, Vikings, Assassin's Blades, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So this this game was and is real. It is pretty much finished and just got shut down which which is uh wildly depressing for someone like me who grew up uh you know playing this this was my the where you know between this and like mario kart like this is where we cut our teeth on multiplayer experiences um and to to think that we could be you know if Sean Capri always has Halo Saturdays. Like this could be Golden Eye Sat- Sundays, right? Like this, this could be a thing, and it's not, and that just guts me. How do you guys feel about this? Are you as as angry, or are you just like, yeah, it was a fun thing, and and now it's gone? I, I, after um, I, we we will probably talk about this in in just a moment. I have a hard time mourning the loss of a thing that I never had. Uh, I've, I've always been a person that, that doesn't tend to do that. So, uh, I, 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 I think I played plenty of Goldeneye back in the day. Uh, would it have been cool to have more further nifty things in the Goldeneye, uh, cinematic universe? 
uh, probably. We're going to get a, a uh, top-tier Bond game out of mm-hmm. IOI uh, you know, here in the next little bit. Uh, so, you know, I think it was IOI. Uh, IO. Yep. I went active. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, uh, maybe that, maybe that will be the, the golden eye ne- the next golden eye mo- uh, game we never had. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I have the golden eye reloaded on 360. I don't know if it has anything to do with that. Cause I have a uh, 360. I want to have that. I never play. I played a little bit of golden eye, uh, multiplayer with my buddy, Steve, who's one of my best friends in college. He owned the N64. I think he still owns it. And we played some of that multiplayer. That was a lot of fun. The game wasn't great though, because you're controlling analog with buttons on the N64 <laughs> controller, which was like the worst idea in the world, but you know, it worked for yeah. the time. So yeah, for the time it was great. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I, I really hope there is a way to bring this back and maybe call it golden guy and just like just riff it <laughs> so badly and just make it dumb but turn the whole like, thing into a joke exactly make it a joke like no one lives forever which if you're yeah. old enough like me you remember that was like the uh, the spoof uh, bond game back in the day by ea which nobody has the rights to but yeah i it's a shame this isn't out there and i'll be honest i i have tracked the dark webs i've not been able to find this thing i've looked everywhere and I've not been able to find it. So I'm glad that people are showing how this is, but I'd love to try it out, but I'm able to find it. So uh, if anybody knows, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. <laughs> hint, hint, don't tell me. Definitely don't. Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, Todd, what's your story? Oh, yeah. Uh, this is kind of interesting because we've been wondering what's going to happen to conventions and everything. Um, I love conventions. Um, I love going to them. I've never been to a video game convention. Uh, in Minneapolis, there is a, a video game convention that's all about video game music, which is kind of cool. Adam Leonard, who is part of the Mega Dads, is a uh, person that goes to all these conventions locally, which is cool, too. But that doesn't exist anymore. But we're hearing about about E3 returning digitally. Um, the ESA, who runs E3, kind of fell on their butt last year, and they didn't have an option to do anything in regards to gaming conferences. So because of that, Jeff, the summer of Jeff Keighley happened, which if you guys don't remember that, that's basically Jeff Keighley trying to get all these events to happen online. It was received mixedly, if that's a word, mixedly. <laughs> it is now. Acceptable. Yes, yes. So essentially now ESA is saying it's coming back. E3 is coming back. June 14th, this is going to happen. We're going to have all these uh, video conferences. They're going to happen. But unfortunately, no one has actually said they're going to actually do this. So the ESA is saying we're doing it, but nobody has actually said we are going to show up and do this thing with them. So there is a platform. We just don't know if anybody will actually arrive on said platform. So this is kind of crazy because I think people like the fact that we got video game information last summer. It was just unwieldy, happened erratically, and no one could actually pay attention to it. And they're like, let's just get everything all at once. We want the Xbox conference. We want the Nintendo conference. We want the Sony conference. We want the PC conference, Ubisoft, whoever. Didn't happen. Um, so that is something they're saying is going to happen. But we don't know if it's really going to happen. And I keep saying happen because – it relies on everybody kind of coming together saying, yep, we'll show up and do something. Thanks, ESA. But I don't think the ESA really matters anymore. Oh, well, but then Jeff, Jeff Keighley is also saying he's going to bring back the Summer Game Fest. Uh, and he has a lot of context. And he has a lot of goodwill. So uh, 
in this instance, I'm feeling like he's going to have more luck than the ESA will with bringing back content and uh, actual publishers and people wanting to spread their content. So what do you guys think? Can ES- somebody somebody yeah. tweeted about E3 saying, no, thanks. We'd rather not pay the six figure sum to have to be there. We'll just host our own event. I'm sitting there going, no, you can't. You can't charge somebody six figures to put their own show on. The only thing of which you're going to do is throw a link on your Twitter account and on your web page. Like you, you can't do that. You're there is nothing you can offer them for that six figures that will recoup that investment for them. Like you, unless you're saying, and everybody that signs up, get a, gets a 30 minute zoom session with Reggie. Uh, then uh, it's, it's Reggie over here and, uh, and, and Doug Bowser over here, past and present. Then, no, they, there's nothing that will make that worth it. So either, either that person was kind of talking out their rear or, ESA has made some real bad choices right out of the gate trying to recoup whatever losses they faced from last year, and it's not going to do better. Yeah, they yeah. burned a lot of yeah. – the ESA burned a lot of people. They lost uh, – like a lot of the people who attended their events, their information went public and that got compromised. People, There was like an Excel spreadsheet that they linked to, and people mm-hmm. could harass all these people that attended it, and that's just a bad showing. And what does the ESA actually – can they offer – these companies if there's no physical space that they control anymore. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I think there is a need for something E3 like. And I, I, I think uh, you know, Jeff Keeley did a good job, not a great job, but a good job of getting stuff a little hyped last year, but it was so spread out and it was so all over the place. And some things were big and some things were small and you never knew which to expect at any given time. And it was just it was just kind of a mess. And I think there's something to be said for a, a condensed week where, you know, everyone's trying to just go the biggest they can and, and you know, and kind of compete for the, the center of attention and that that whatever 10 minute of news cycle before the next giant thing comes out. And I think there's something that we missed last summer that, you know, the something that's so spread out just can't capture that same lightning in a bottle excitement kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, it, can they, can they do the exact same as 10 years ago, E3 or two years ago, E3? Definitely not. No, I, I, I think you, you need to change and adapt. And I think some mix of old E3 and some mix of summer in games, uh, or, or summer of games, uh, you know, you have to find some middle ground between the two, and because I, I don't think either one really works in in 2021. Yeah, it's a it's a really unique uh, problem we have because we could be in a different place by June or we couldn't. So um, depending on the world, the world is vaccinations, things like that. Uh, public events are probably not going to be back in full, uh, you know, full thrust by that point. So it will be curious to see what we can do. But if we could get somebody 
you know, Jeff, could he resurrect Reggie to come with him and lead the masses onto, you know, coming together with Sony and Nintendo and those things? I don't know if we're past that already, though. I just don't think that I, I don't know if there's one ascending force that can bring those bodies together, because I think they're kind of only focused on their own goodwill and their own platform. And I don't know if that's going to happen ever again. It's and a, now you yeah. there we've we've crossed into a time when you don't need the stage at E3. If it when Nintendo goes live with a Nintendo Direct, all eyes are on Nintendo and other you know these other organizations when when Sony announces a state of play or when uh, Xbox announces a Xbox Direct showcase or whatever it is they call it, I can't think of it. Um other people just simply move out of their way mm-hmm. because you are not going to interrupt them. You are not going to get any waves when they are doing their event. So, you know, it used to be you had to have a keynote at E3 to announce the biggest things of the year because that is when all eyes are on you. And with YouTube Live, you know, with, with premieres on Twitch and whatever else, you just don't need it. We're, we're not far off from the day, I would almost bet you, the next time the Epic Game Store is going to do some monumental release or announce some br- brand new IP, they'll do it as a live event inside Fortnite yep. because right. they can, yeah. because yeah. that's the new E3 for mm-hmm. them, and they don't need a stage anywhere else. No, Avery, and you've just blew Mark's load because Mark is the biggest Fortnite fan in the world, <laughs> and you just made them the happiest man in the world by saying. No, that. I mean I, I've I've said that before, right? Like I, yep. last summer proved that. Like people will do a lot of stuff in Fortnite, whether it's watching movies, watching concerts, watching uh, essentially a concert over Zoom or something as big as, you know, the the Marshmallow concert, which is all done in game. Star Wars announcements. Uh, Charlie and I do a Star Wars canon podcast and the only canon reference to what happened at the start of Rise of Skywalker happened in Fortnite, which means in some weird way, Fortnite is canonical with Star Wars. That's weird. So, yes, uh, Fortnite is a platform within itself that people can use to do. I mean, you could have a full E3 in Fortnite and you, you know, get Microsoft, Sony, whoever. But I mean, Epic Games is going to, yeah, should use that as their platform, uh, let alone other game developers and whoever else. But, um, yeah, they'd be crazy not to. Yeah, I'm curious to see where the feedback will be. And, uh, you know, they've got to announce new games that are coming. And nobody's really been picking up the slack this year so far because we're past the Game Awards and we're into February now. And nobody has really said, hey, we're going to say something in February or March or April at this point. So uh, I guess until Nintendo drops a tweet and says this is their next game, Mm -hmm. that's about all we're going to (laughs) get. Seems to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that is it for the news. We're moving on to the bonus round, gentlemen. We're talking about future of streaming services. The services we're going to talk about today are Stadia, Luna, Xbox Streaming, xCloud, as they called it before, PS Now, and GeForce Now slash Shadow Gaming, which essentially is the streaming on your PC. So we kicked off uh, 2021 in a interesting place in Avery. 
because Stadia is like your primary platform, I listen to your podcast. I like it because it's telling me more about Stadia that I don't know, informing me and kind of getting me on the loop on where Stadia is headed. And you were so excited about 2021. And then last week, Stadia announces essentially they're not going to be in the game development service, but they're still going to keep their platform for PC for basically streaming games on PC and uh, mobile devices and browsers. It's going to still happen. Which is interesting because that then says, okay, where are we headed? Because we've got Luna, Xbox Streaming, and all these other places. And it's like, what is the unique piece of each of these platforms, and where are they going? So we'll start off with Stadia. So that's your platform. So where is Stadia headed now that they're not going to make in games? Yeah, so uh, this this obviously has been uh, the topic of the of the past week for those of us in the Stadia community um, and, and in the cloud gaming community in particular. And the, the here's here's how I liken the decision that they made. When, when Stadia started out, uh, when they got on that stage at GDC in 2019, they said, we are going to create the best deli in town. It's going to be the best deli. We're going to have the most amazing sandwiches. We're going to have the best delivery. You're going to love this deli. And we are working on creating recipes for our own bread, which is going to be amazing. You've never had bread like this before. In the meantime, we're getting the the highest quality ingredients from the best people we can, including amazing bakers, fantastic cheesemakers, fantastic meats. We're going to, with the goal of providing you all these things wrapped up in an amazing sandwich experience. And this week they said, you know what? We, we tried to bake our own bread. We tried these recipes and it's just not landing where we want. So we're not going to be bread bakers anymore. We're still going to get amazing ingredients and high quality bread and, um, and fantastic meats and cheeses and still bring you the best sandwiches and the best delivery that you've ever had. We're just not going to make our own bread. We're going to instead, instead of buying more bread supplies and buying more ovens, we're going to reinvest that into the store and the delivery and the delivery vehicles, all that kind of stuff. That's what happened this week. What everybody heard, I literally put that art. So, so, so for, for those of you listeners who are not familiar uh, on, on February 1st, uh, about three o'clock in the afternoon, Phil Harrison, the VP that's in charge of stadia, the general manager of stadia uh, published a, a release on blog.google, which is Google's official corporate blog. This is where Sundar Pichai puts news about legal fights that they're having. This is the, the big blog. And he published 390 words on the future of Stadia. And roughly 200 words into that post, uh, a little more than halfway through, he says, and we've decided to redirect our efforts. We're no longer going to be making first-party games. It's it's getting exponentially more expensive to do so. As a part of that, Jade Raymond of Ubisoft, you know, prior to Stadia Games Entertainment, she's decided to move on to other opportunities because, hey, we don't need a game studio director if we don't have a game studio. And uh, we wish her the best. There's there's about 150 people that are employed by Stadia Games Entertainment. We're going to try to reallocate them or release them from their contracts. And that's all he said. He said, uh, but but prior to that, the first 200 words of that were, we are redirecting all of our efforts at this platform. We're going to make this the best platform to deliver cloud gaming. We're going to continue with our partnerships. We're going to invest money in those partnerships. We're going to invest money in the technology and the streaming and make it the best streaming experience for anybody. What everybody heard was, oh my yes. God, Stadia's closing Stadia's down. Stadia's canceled. Yeah. Stadia's 
done. It's the death knell. Ring the bells, ye heathens. Like that's what everybody heard. And so I, I mean, I, and I had people at my, my job, my, everybody knows I'm a stadia guy. Um, so they, I had people saying, Hey, did I hear something about stadia closing down? And I say, no, stadia games entertainment is closing down. They're just not making their own games anymore because making your own games is hard and they've never done it before. The, the 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 challenge and the reason why this it, it it's disappointing but makes sense is let's take a look at cyberpunk 2077 biggest game of 2020 arguably speaking in, in many people's books the most anticipated game certainly in 2020 all reports indicate this we all know this game took eight years to come to market from a studio with a 26-year history of making games that has made one of the best-selling franchises in The Witcher, one of the best-received franchises of all time, and purportedly it cost them $313 million to produce a game that, quite frankly, kind of squipped when it landed. Uh, because if you didn't have a high-end PC or a, or a 5 or a series or Stadia, you really couldn't play this game. So millions of people that bought it just could not enjoy this game. If they couldn't, if a studio with that much power underneath it, that much history and that much institutional knowledge and that many developers who had been making games for 26 years couldn't get the hang of this, I don't know how anybody would have expected Stadia to really succeed the first effort out of the, out of, out of the, out of the gate. Honestly, it's, it's something that I said earlier. It's, it's hard for me to mourn the loss of a thing I never had. And so we never we didn't even see a single screenshot off of this game. We didn't see a single screen cap, not a teaser trailer, not nothing. We don't know what they were producing in house. So there was nothing for us to lose here. So all that happened is Stadia said, you know what? Those millions of dollars we've been pouring into that, we're gonna pour it into contracts. We're gonna get us bigger games. We're gonna get us the next Resident Evils and the Call of Duties and the Fortnites and all those other things. And that's what they did. So the future of Stadia to the the clickbait YouTubers and the disingenuous uh, clickbait article writers is this is the end. This is there's how could a platform possibly survive without exclusives? And it doesn't matter that they're that or without first party exclusives. Um, and it doesn't matter that Android is doing just fine without first party exclusives. And iOS is doing just fine without first party exclusives. Doesn't matter. Stadia's dying. Stadia's dead. Uh, to me, the future of Stadia is a platform that is the best place to stream video games for most people in twenty, in thirty countries around the world. That's the future of Stadia. That's what. That's where I stay excited. Um, but I'm happy to to kind of we we certainly want to talk through the other the other platforms and talk about why they're different. Uh, so you know, I think the future of Stadia. I would say that as the guy drinking, you, you can't see <laughs> as the guy drinking from a Stadia branded tumbler, which they sent me for being a content creator in the Stadia community. Of course, I think Stadia is going to do fine. No, and, and that's the interesting part, because I was always curious about Stadia. I've played the original beta where you got us. Uh, you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey on that. I can't remember what they called it at that point. Google something, something. It was Project Stream. Yep. There you go. I played it there. I got the game for free. So I played the IFR demo on that as well. I had a mixed experience because my internet is good, but sometimes has issues. So it was one of those things that was a great way to show me how to play, but it wasn't always perfect. So, um, and Stadia, 
struggled, I would say, in regards to at least their messaging and marketing. Because I remember that really weird ad they had with Reggie. Reggie oh, Watts. Was, yes. Uh, and it's and, like, unless yeah. you're in the know, it was just totally confusing. We like, all hated. We hated that ad. Yeah. Because it was like, Stadia, Teraflops, yay! And it didn't. We oh. we hated that ad, and and they changed. Um, in the spring they changed their they completely overturned sure. their marketing strategy start to finish, and it came out with amazing, fantastic ads. Toward the summer and the fall, some of the ads they were coming out with were incredible. We were very glad to see the end of yeah, teraflops. Like yeah. we were glad to see that go. Away. It was too hip for its own good, but I mean, uh, I mean, ultimately, Stadia's and, and the, what they did not nail, and I think they need to really deliver on upon is Stadia's a place. If you are interested in gaming, but you don't care about owning a piece of hardware, and that's really what it comes down to. The problem was it was really difficult to find a place to play. You needed a PC and a browser with Google Chrome, but then the Google – what is it? The Google Chrome device was iffy if it would actually support it. Sometimes it didn't to get on your TV. So it was almost like Google in a way they had their device to play it on. But it's like they released their new one. And it's like, oh, stay is not support. I'm like, that is it's a, it's like a company that doesn't know where they're at. It's like mm-hmm. so I'm like, you can't do that. You have to basically say you can play this anywhere on any device. And they just never delivered that. So I'm like hoping that if they want to really con- basically that we're going to be the agnostic service, but it's a way to play high end games. If you've got a good Internet connection on your devices, you can play it. And we're reducing the barriers. We got to, you know, any control you want, you do it that way, whatever. So I'm hoping that's what they can do. They can just minim- just simplify their message and tell people this is yeah. a way to play because yeah. most people don't want to buy a $1,800 gaming PC. I just bought a, <laughs> a $1,500 laptop for gaming, and it makes a lot of noise. And that's with mm-hmm. all the horsepower. But if I could play it well. And Mark, you've struggled with Stadia because you're a Mac guy. And it's like, how can I play? This? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I it, like I, <laughs> I, I was, I'm using right, right now to record this. I'm using an iPad Pro. I really, very rarely use my MacBook from 2013, my MacBook Pro, and uh, that's really the only traditional computer in the house. My my wife has uh, an even older than mine uh, MacBook Air and that she she rarely uses. Uh, so most of my stuff from from video editing and and if you saw the the Guru Avengers video, that was edited fully on an iPad Pro. Uh, the thing crunches through 4K video like I've never seen. So I don't really need anything more powerful than that for most of the stuff that I do, podcasting, video editing, uh, and photos. Uh, So, yeah, for me, my Xbox Series S is doing the heavy lifting when it comes to the games that I want to play. My Switch goes with me everywhere I go, and uh, I have the iPad for anything else. So so streaming so far has been a bit of a pain in the ass for me. Uh, So I will, for a second, I want to play Devil's Advocate here. And uh, again, I don't really have a horse in this fight because I don't stream a lot of stuff, uh, especially, you know, through through COVID kind of stuff and, and travel restrictions. Um, you know, most of my my stuff is here in the house and so am I. So I don't need to stream much. Uh, but with with Stadia now not developing first party exclusive stuff, uh, Amazon Luna has said that they are really focusing on in part in, you know, first party, basically uh, in-house development They're They want to ramp up 
their stuff. Xbox, of course, has made some wild acquisitions uh, in the past year and, and seems to keep going. Um, PlayStation now, I, I would say, is is definitely <laughs> playing catch up, but still a cool way to play your PlayStation stuff on the go. And I don't know enough about GeForce Now and Shadow Gaming, but it seems like they're just kind of streaming things from your PC. So let's focus on Stadia, Luna, and Xbox, even those three. Um, for Stadia to compete with those, what's the draw? Especially when you're going up against, you know, Amazon and Microsoft. Um, is that worrisome? Uh, I, you, you made a great point, Avery, of, of saying, you know, they are still making a great sandwich or the, maybe the best sandwich, uh, but they're not making their own bread. But what happens when you have two shops next door that are making their own bread and delivering sandwiches that are almost as delicious or just as delicious. Uh, is that a bad place for them to be in when these other studios are ramping up first party exclusives, first party stuff? Um, it, are you a little worried there or is it, are you still saying like, you know what? Stadia's still got a jump on these guys they're still putting money behind it. They're just doing it in different ways. You brought up the iOS and Android analogies. Um, it, but it, but is that still kind of worrisome? Yeah, uh, it's, it's fin- you, you bring up a good point, uh, many good points. And I, and I, I want to hit a couple of things. Number one, um, the, the value proposition of any streaming service, whether it's Stadia, Luna, Xbox streaming, any, any of them is that it is, a convenience factor that that is not present with traditional consoles. With a traditional console or gaming PC, you have to be sitting in front of that box. Um, if you are not sitting in front of your $2,000 PC, you are probably not getting the gaming value out of it. Yeah, there's like Steam Link and some other things that kind of sort of kind of work, but kind of sort of don't. Um, but for the most part, you are not get you know if you're not sitting in front of your xbox mm-hmm. the xbox is doing you no good it's right. it's not actually you know the games that are on it are not are not helping you if you're not right there in front of it whereas with stadia luna and and you know game pass ultimate they're they're saying well you know what let's let's make this worth your while when you're not there so you 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 may not be aware you might be aware um you can actually take your xbox controller hook it up to your ipad and play stadia right now you can do yep. the exact same thing with Luna, um, and you can do the exact same thing with Xbox game streaming. Um, I believe I'm not 100 percent if that's released on iPad app uh, yet. Or- it's uh, so the the Xbox is kind of weird. So the, through the Xbox app, I can connect to my Xbox, but I can't just get the streaming stuff working yet. They haven't done that. They they are going to apparently Play. through 2022 uh, or 2021 later in the year. They're they're apparently releasing. Uh, I think they're going browser based by what it sounds like. Um, and, yeah. and it's yeah, the same so thing. It's that, basically, that it's Luna, pain in the ass. Yeah, same thing that Luna and Stadia had to do. So exactly. you you have the luxury now. With Stadia and Luna uh, and and Xbox uh, Game Pass, you know, Ultimate, the more the more it, it gets on the platforms, the the purpose is if I am sitting in front of my TV playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I'm playing it on my Chromecast 
or, uh, you know, it will come to the new Chromecast at some point this year. They said first half of the year um, or uh, on your LG TV. If, you, if they, they're going to have Stadia app and probably going to have GeForce now, even though they pulled that part of the press release. Uh, mm. But it's probably going to happen. Uh, so if you're sitting in front of that device and then you, the, 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 the kids come in and they say, Daddy, we want to watch Paw Patrol. Uh, <laughs> and you know, they don't want to watch it on the iPad. They want to watch it on the TV. No problem. You say, go ahead. Go ahead, sweetie. You reach down. You grab your iPad. You prop it up in your lap and you just keep playing the game that you were just playing and they start going paw patrol paw patrol yay paw patrol and it's louder and louder you're like all right you guys watch paw patrol daddy's gonna go take a few minutes and you go into the bedroom and you prop it up uh, on the on the nightstand and you just keep playing for a little while and then you realize you go to the bathroom uh that's fine you take your phone and you throw it in a controller mount and you go sit down on the toilet and you just keep playing the exact same game there or you going back to your desk and you're sitting at the desk and you're like okay i'm gonna play the next uh you know call of duty oh they just released a patch and it's eight eight hundred and fifteen gigabytes so um you know what while that's downloading over the next 17 hours let me play <laughs> some games in my browser and that's the that's what they're saying is they want it to be a convenience factor that number one no matter where you are no matter what device you're looking at you can play a video mm-hmm. game and they're close the tv is the area where they haven't really got that yet which ironically is the place most people play video games uh but number two that um it's a hassle-free experience no patches no downloads no waiting no queuing no nothing you just click play and the game is there and that's the goal of all of these it's the goal for for game pass ultimate as well i play i had mm-hmm. game pass ultimate uh for a while and uh played played crackdown 3 and played quite a few things and enjoyed it quite a bit um and in and on game pass ultimate the whole thing is i can take it in the bedroom i can take it in the laptop i don't have to be sitting in front of my 500 xbox in order to get some utility out of it between these three platforms so so that's the appeal of streaming in general between these three platforms they each have very different value propositions and very different audiences stadia is a platform that is very much we we in the stadia community believe that they're really targeting people who don't already have a box if you've Hmm. got the 500 dollars box in front of your tv you don't really necessarily need stadia now you might want to have it so that you can go play in other rooms and do the other convenient factors and all that kind of thing cool beans but chances are if you're already playing uh assassin's creed valhalla on your xbox one x or your series you're not then gonna buy it on stadia that's just not a thing um and i I, small sidebar detour one of the most common complaints about any streaming service is well why would i buy the game again you wouldn't the the same as if you bought a ps4 and then you bought an xbox one x but you already bought uh, Assassin's Creed on the PS4, they're not just going to give you the game on the One X. It's a different platform. Same thing with streaming. Stadia is designed to be a, str- a a platform. It's it's designed to sit on the same shelf in your mind as Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. So of course, if you already bought the game somewhere else, you're not going to buy it again on Switch. That, that's fine. Detour over. So their their proposition is if you don't already have a box or you want another service, you're the person who would buy a PlayStation and an Xbox, but you don't want to drop a thousand dollars. So you're going to buy a PlayStation and then get some games on uh, Stadia or you're going to buy an Xbox because some get if that's your proposition, then great. Stadia is perfect for you because it is a platform where you go buy games. Um, it They have a subscription. It's 
pretty good. Um, you know, I've gotten 70, 80 free games or free, you know, free to claim games off of it. Yeah. Um, I, I've been a founder from day one. Uh, Luna completely different buying proposition. The Luna buying proposition is it's, it's the Netflix of gaming. The thing that everybody said Stadia was going to be. That's mm. what Luna is. We're, you're going to pay one subscription fee and get these 60, 80, a hundred games. Then if you want to, just like Amazon prime does, we've got all these other channels you can buy. So just like you can buy the Showtime channel and you can buy the Broadway HD channel and you can buy the Smithsonian channel. Well on Luna, you can buy, you get this Luna, Luna, the basic channel, and that gets you control and Sonic mania and, and the Ubisoft channel, right? Uh, yeah. Now you can buy the Ubisoft channel, yep. and their whole thing is eventually we're going to have not only are we going to have the EA channel and the Square channel and the whatever other channels, but then maybe we're going to have the RPG channel where it's got <laughs> a few games from Ubisoft and a few games from Square and a few games from, and then we're going to have the Fighters channel, we're going to have the Racing channel, we're going to have the Sports channel. So that's where they're going. They're going with the mm-hmm. cable model that that. Whereas Game Pass Ultimate is going to be the is the this is an extra cool thing we're going to give you just to get you to keep paying us the $15 a month for game pass ultimate. Yeah. Cause, cause works. you can't pay for, you can't pay for streaming separately at this point. So mm-hmm. where I think that's the biggest mistake with Xbox right now, they need to make a $5 streaming game pass. Uh, at least with Google play, it's just a movie. You don't have to worry about that as a platform. We're not worried about Google losing its movies, but with a game at $60, which is a huge investment, I think people say, well, what happens if that goes away? I've lost a lot of money versus I just paid $5 a month. So I think mm-hmm. that's Avery is a person that would say that. That's the biggest entry point of saying, you haven't told me how to get this stuff really well. You haven't given me a way to really access it unless, unless I have a PC browser to a certain extent. And then you want me to pay $60 for a game. It's a great platform. The problem is their marketing has not been great. Someone that wants to play Cyberpunk that doesn't own a console or a thing – I don't know what that marketplace is, and that's the problem. I don't know if Google ever figured that out, so I don't know what the opportunity is for Stadia. I don't know if Google stated this is the market we can go after, and does it even exist? Yeah, I think I've said it before. That's a solution looking for a problem that I think is about five years too early. Uh, and and I hope because it, you know they they seem to be setting a good example. And Avery, I think you've done a yeah. great job today explaining Absolutely. it's a great service what the value proposition is and how it stands out above others. And as someone, you know, I've never been shy about going digital with my content. I have like 200 movies on iTunes that you know, like I I. But but to Todd's point, you know, I'm not scared about Apple suddenly shutting down or shutting down like, you know, my ability to watch those movies. Uh, you know, iTunes can change uh, to Apple Music or whatever they want to change it to. But I can still watch all of those movies. I get free 4K upgrades. It's it's very convenient, you know, similar to to how, you know, Stadia is kind of working with no patches and no downloads and no this and no that. And I can stream in 4K and it's great. And that's how I watch a majority of the movies that I own when I'm not streaming through Netflix or something else. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I, yeah, I, I think it is kind of that, that you know, solution, like I said, looking for a problem that, um, you know, maybe if they can last, I think, you know, the next few years, and keep going with this, uh, then I think you will find more people with more solid internet connections. 5G is rolling out in more and more places. I think you're going to hit a place where someone is, you know, 
core gamers like us are going to look at this and say, why the hell am I buying the Xbox Series X 2XL X? Because, uh, you know, they're just going to throw some more X's in there. If you can even uh, buy it. Well, yeah. right now. You, know, you can't buy a I... PS5, you can't buy a Series X, and it's like exactly. Google yeah. say, hey, you can play it at an awesome level, and that's that's the challenge. And and mm-hmm. I guess the problem I I as a former Android owner, I just got notifications like, oh, my Google Play Music is going away now. I have to convert to another service, and it's like it's just a constant reminder that Google keeps changing their services, and like I don't even know what the most current. I guess I'm on YouTube Premium now. There are two challenges. Sorry, I, 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 there are two challenges that face Google that that are present here. One of them is a trust problem, and the other one is a time problem. the The trust problem is that there is a there is this perfect. I hate, I hate, I hate, and I'm not going to say Peter Pan. I'm going to say the Google graveyard. I hate the concept of the Google graveyard. Uh, people like it because it's alliterative. That's it. It's the only reason people like it. Uh, the Google graveyard is a myth. And here's why I can say that without with a straight face. When you look at all of the products in the so-called Google graveyard, you look at, well, they killed Google+. Plus. Yeah, but they took Google Photos, which was the only thing anybody liked about it, and Google Hangouts, which was the only thing anybody liked about it, and those live on. Well, they're killing Google Hangouts. They're migrating all of the tech underneath Google Hangouts to Google Meet, which is their Zoom competitor platform, because nobody's using Hangouts as a daily driver. They're using messages because they took all the cool things from Google Allo, which they killed, and moved them into messages, which is an RCS client. Avery, you're confusing me, unfortunately, though. That's the problem. It's it's just yeah. everything you're saying is like, uh, but that means they have no consistency, and that to me that is yes. a huge problem with a huge corporation, and it just leads me to think that Google is a is a underlying platform. They're not a consumer facing platform, which is they even tra- challenged with that their 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 TV platform. It was Android TV, then it's going to Google TV. If Stadia is going to succeed, they have to get out there in front and say, this is why you need it, and this is how you're going to play it, and you're going to play it everywhere. It can't be – maybe it will come to your Chromecast. Luna, my Amazon, if anything, they're going to sell you a device to get their services super cheap. They're going to mm-hmm. give you a prime to get there. Uh, Xbox, which is putting it against a $15 a month barrier, which I don't know if anybody's got this solved, but – that's where it's so confusing, and I don't know where we're going to be in a year. And maybe we won't get where we that's, expect. And that's the time problem. And it's yes. the problem that faces all of these cloud streaming yeah. services. When you look at the 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 Nintendo Entertainment System, the Famicom, mm-hmm. released in 1983. It'll be 40 yeah. years old in just two years. Nintendo's been at this for four decades. PlayStation, PlayStation uh, they, Sony's been at this for three decades. Microsoft has been at this for two decades. Stadia and Luna have been at it for two years or less. Absolutely. And they yeah. just don't have the time. They, they, they don't have the benefit of time. And we're in this weird they they could not have launched these things at a worse time than the middle of a global pandemic where one of the side effects of COVID-19 was that time stopped working properly Mm-hmm. And so it's time is either extremely fast, yep. extremely slow. It was August yesterday. Tomorrow it's going to be March. And then the day before that, it was June. And time just does not work properly anymore. So yep. everybody looks at these services and says, well, why aren't they better? Because they've only been out for 14, 15, 16 months. Luna's only been out for like five months mm-hmm. uh, in, in a beta, and there's only absolutely 100,000 people that even have it. So that's the, and 
And of course, this all hit when the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series was coming out. So Mm -hmm. they could not have been, this all couldn't have happened at at both the best time when everybody was stuck at home and streaming became a big thing, and the worst time when nobody understands how time works and there's a brand new console release anyways. I think in 10 years, if we come back to this conversation, there will either be a Stadia that's been doing really well for 10 years and a Luna that's been doing really well for 10 years and xCloud very well. There might even be another box from xbox it might just be streaming because that's mm-hmm. where they want to go with this they've they've made it pretty clear or uh, it's going to be exactly what happened nope this is not where we need to be right now and, and we're going to drop back and punt and you know just like happened a decade ago with gaikai and on live there's some references yeah. that nobody <laughs> yeah, remembers absolutely yeah. we yep. tried this once already the world was not ready for it. This could all collapse by the end of this year. And if it does, we're just going to come back to it in five years. I have no doubt in my mind that streaming is the way that everyone will get their games in a decade from now. Just like you're not buying CDs anymore. And yeah. most people aren't buying single tracks or single albums. It's just your Spotify subscription, your Apple music subscription. People, are, you know, DVDs kind of sort of, but for the sure. most part, it's Netflix, Hulu, I think that's going to happen to games, but we may very well be five or ten years out from that being the daily life. And with a brand new console generation just hitting, that just prolonged that. If PlayStation Now and Xbox basically get to a point where they say the next box is the last box, we're just not going to do it again. It's going to be a stick that you plug into the back of your TV. That's when that's when this whole thing changes. And maybe Stadia will be around to see it. Maybe not. Maybe Luna will be around to see it. Maybe not. GeForce and Shadow, uh, whatever. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. but regardless, it's kind of a cool moment for us all to be in. We've got yeah. these big companies taking big risks to do a brand new thing in gaming, a space which has only ever really seen Nintendo do anything interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody else is basically just the next box under the TV. Oh, we went from 30 frames to 60. Claps for you. Like, it's <laughs> kind of interesting to be at this moment and see what happens. I'm excited. Yeah. My company went uh, hard against Quibi. It's a six-month experiment, that, and they lost yeah. like $3 billion. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. All I can say is wow. Stadia lasted longer than Quibi. Absolutely. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and, yeah, go ahead, Mark. Oh, I just – I love uh, – I love this kind of thing and just seeing where it's going. And I love the, you know, your, your approach to it, uh, you know, the, that you're saying, like, I, I hope it is around in, in five years or 10 years or whatever. I, and, and they last through this, this weird, awkward teenage phase or, or beginner phase or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I, I also love content being produced around that. And I, you know, the, because I think that's when you get some interesting content, you know, when we're, you're just talking about, like you said, like, oh, this box can make prettier squares than the last box can. Uh, but when it's something weird, like, and that's what I really liked about starting uh, a Nintendo podcast back when the Wii U was a thing. Like, that was the stupidest time that we could have possibly started a Nintendo podcast, my brother and I. Like, but we did, and it was so much fun. And, and we ended up meeting people like, you know, Todd and the Nintendo Guru and all these people who were making other cool, fun video content and uh, or, or video game content. And and now, you know, we're seeing this now with with Stadia and <laughs> different shows that are coming out around this because it's it's an exciting 
avenue of, of you know of, of talking you don't know what's going to happen next and and something could flop but then that could change into something else and it's it's a it's an exciting time for sure the tech that is coming out of this is the key that's the other reason that i'm really not worried about yep. stadia dying i'm really not worried about these mm-hmm. platforms dying because what they are doing is proving that the tech will work yeah uh, even if even if Stadia gets killed by Google, um, what we see over and over again is, and, and this happens in all software, you take the best parts of it, you recycle that into the next project, and you move on. So mm-hmm. whatever comes after Stadia is just going to be that much better and will make game streaming happen that much better. Whatever comes after Luna will just make game streaming better. Whatever comes after xCloud will just make game streaming better. So... If it dies tomorrow, I will have enjoyed everything that I enjoyed so far. I got most of my games for free, so I'm really not that much <laughs> the cost. Uh, and uh, either either free because of review codes or free because of uh, um, uh, Stadia Pro. And so, yeah, I'm I I think the future is bright in this avenue. I think gamers, uh, there's there's a there's a member of the Stadia creator community. I'll give him a shout out. He's his his handle is mm2k, and he says that we are playing on the worst version of cloud streaming today that we will ever play because yeah. it will only ever get better in every subsequent day. And that's oh, yeah. completely true because of my internet tonight, as you saw it. It just got crazy. <laughs> and just imagine this, gentlemen, that Apple doesn't even care about gaming, and they have our Apple Arcade that's probably made a ton of money for them, and they actually don't even care yet. Forty bucks for me every month. Yeah, we don't know where it's all headed, and I I cannot wait. And you said Gaikai, that became PlayStation Now, and look where they're at. So mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. We didn't even touch on GeForce Now and all that other stuff. So I think this is exciting, and I hope it goes well. And I and I think if if Stadia doesn't even exist as a service, it's going to be the backbone for other gaming services in the future. So this could you all change. You will you will end up being directed to cloud.easports.com. Yeah cloud.squareenix.com that is exactly where this is all heading and eventually just everybody's going to be on somebody's cloud and then that's all there is to it even facebook got into games oh yeah they're streaming <laughs> terrible crap like shovelware games but they're they're trying i use liberal air yeah. quotes so everybody everybody sees this as the way that that things are going and yeah. you can play stadia on your tesla screen I'm just saying Yep. Yeah. So, guess what? Cool. Somebody's gonna want to do gaming on YouTube, and guess where they're gonna have to go to? Probably Stadia is the backbone. So it's not a loss leader. It's just a investment in something that's gonna happen and people are gonna use. So awesome! Wow, we covered a lot, Avery. We tried not to cause you much pain. So with that though, Avery, tell people how they can find you and talk more about Stadia, the stuff you love. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to find me online, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at CharmCityA, because I live in Charm City and my first initial is A. You can also check me out on Stadia Source, your number one source for Stadia news and reviews. That is StadiaSource.com, or head to our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash StadiaSource. I host the Stadia Source Roundtable podcast Monday nights, streaming live on YouTube, or you can catch us uh, on your favorite podcatcher afterwards. Just search Stadia Source. I also stream a little bit of game streaming on the weekends. Uh, I have a show 
show called Charm City's Community Playground, where uh, I invite people to come uh, come on stream and play with me. Um, I also uh, just recently launched a new show called the Stadia Game Show Show, where we don't actually play video games. We play game shows like Wheel of Fortune and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, but Stadia themed. Oh, wow. Cash prize stuff so it's it's weird i do weird stuff on on the internet uh and it's all somehow stadia related so there you go keep it weird man that's what makes the internet awesome awesome thank you for being on the show absolutely pleasure and it's a ton of fun, yeah. you've got an invite to secret friends unite to talk about you know non-video game stuff so do we I, will be an actual secret friend absolutely yeah. no longer a secret I, just, I, just, I would like to thank the, the academy for this <laughs> But thank you. It's been a pleasure. So, Mark, how do people find out where we exist on the interwebs? Well, that's a loaded question because we exist in a whole bunch of places. But the easiest one to find us is uh, is probably on Twitter, co underscore op mode underscore pod. The Canardian, uh, the underscore Canardian is where you can find me. And Todd is T Oxtra. Uh, you can listen to the rest of the Secret Friends show, Secret Friends Unite, Code 47, Holocron Chronicles on both podcast services everywhere. Uh, please leave us reviews. They help a whole lot. And Todd's been busy, busy, busy at work relaunching, getting the YouTube channel back up and running, getting all the shows on there. Todd, you've been doing an amazing job getting everything up there, getting all the artwork ready to go. Uh, so please go over and subscribe if that's where you prefer to listen to or watch podcasts. We don't have much on the video side so far, but you can look at the logo and just kind of have it on in the background if, uh, if YouTube is your jam. And uh, also, if you want another way to uh, support us or really support some charities that we also support, you can find our Tee Public store for Secret Friends merch and more. Where you can find, yeah, t-shirts and my, mouse pads and, and stickers and a whole bunch of really fun stuff, uh, including our updated Secret Friends logo uh, that uh, that your son just, just updated, right, Tom? Oh, yeah, yeah. I gave him a challenge and he did it. Well, that is it for the show, everyone. Thank you, Mark, Avery. It's been awesome. But with that, we always say it's always better to game together. <laughs>